Today's episode contains some material and language that might not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the Plum Forest Podcast, where we give you modernized versions of classical Chinese fables and short stories. Before we get started, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, or even leave a comment because it lets me know that you're listening, and I like that. I hope everyone is doing well and they're able to enjoy these stories wherever that may be. Maybe you're out in the garden, driving to work, or sitting on your couch playing video games. Either way, today's episode will be great to listen to while you do whatever you need to be doing. This story is actually a story my old host mother told me in Taiwan when I first started learning Chinese, and she used it to try and help me learn some new words, but that didn't really work because it was way above my Chinese level at the time. But now that I've learned quite a bit more Chinese, I was able to get the full story and turn it into something that will keep you listening. Today's story has mysticism and lake princes. Not like the lake prince in episode one, but this one is in a much different light. And we all know that the quality of the story is much better from that first episode. I'm working, guys. The original for this story is another one of Pu Songling's stories that are found in that famous collection of short stories called Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio. Which, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, a lot of these stories come from that book of his because it's one of the most famous collections of Chinese short stories of all time. This is one that the original English title was The Stone Bowl, and whenever I would read that story, I just felt like that was a nice little birdbath. But it's not exactly what I would call a birdbath in Chinese, but I think that birdbath will fit the description for the story quite well. And on that note, let's begin today's story, The Birdbath. On a warm summer day in the borough of Queens in one of the greatest cities in the world, a man by the name of Jerry returned home to his wife after running errands. You should be happy with the tip I gave you. The man yelled at the cab as he walked up to his stoop and was greeted by his wife. Ugh, why are you always so mean to the taxi drivers? They're just trying to make a living. Yeah, and at the same time they're charging an arm and a leg. Jerry, you know niceness goes a long way. Jerry then proceeded to enter his home and continued the conversation he was having with his wife. Well, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Which do you want first? Let's go good news first. Only go downhill from there. Yeah, so it's about Ron. You know Ron and 1B? He's, uh... He's moving out. Uh, he said something about his mom and having to move back in with her, so he's out of here on, uh, Friday. Friday? He didn't even give us 30 days. Isn't there some sort of law about that? Oh, well, shit. Should I put up the ads on Craigslist again, or are we gonna try the old-fashioned sign in the window? Oh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that up to you. You always have better luck finding good tenants pretty quickly. Except for that one nincompoop we had in 8A. Alright, alright, alright. I'll get on it and have it up by dinner. You said he was in 1B, right? Yeah, 1B. The one bedroom with the little garden out back. Oh, I've always liked that one. Hopefully we'll fill it soon. Jerry then began working on advertising his open one-bedroom apartment in Queens. And by dinner, his ad was pulling in countless emails of potential tenants. After nearly a week of interviewing numerous tenants and showing the apartment to many potential renters, 
he decided to sign the lease with a young man in his early 20s. The previous tenant had moved out that Friday and cleaned everything as good as they could, while the new tenant was eager to move in and had told Jerry he would be moving in on Saturday. As Saturday rolled around, one of Jerry and his wife's sons decided to have a luncheon with the both of them at a local restaurant, so they weren't able to be there to properly greet their new tenant. When they returned later that evening, actually much later and a few bottles of wine deep, they could see that he was all moved in and even put out a doormat outside of his door that said, Hi, I'm Matt. Two bottles of wine Jerry laughed when he saw this, but went into his home and would get better acquainted with him on another day. Days went by and they never bumped into each other, but every time Jerry saw that mat, he gave a quick giggle. On a wonderful mid-May day, Jerry and his wife were coming home from the grocery store and they spotted the new tenant in the hallway just as he was entering his apartment. I like your doormat, pretty funny. Thanks, my mom got it for me a while back. They both nodded and smiled and went their own way into their own apartments. As Jerry and his wife put down the groceries in the kitchen, his wife chimed in. You should really get to know him. We don't know anything about him, and he seems like a nice young guy. Maybe get a drink with him, or at least get to know a little bit about him? Yeah, you think so? Maybe I'll head over there and introduce myself and get to know him a little better. I know he's home now. I'd say that's a good idea. I'll finish up with these groceries, and you go over and do that now that he's home. Jerry then walked with his head held high over to apartment 1B to meet this mysterious man. Hello? How can I help you? Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's wonderful. Well, the weather is a little muggy, but that's about normal. I just wanted to come over and introduce myself. I'm Jerry. I'm your landlord. Nice to meet you. Uh, hey Jerry. Nice to meet you too. My name's, uh, Ed. The two then shook hands and the handshake had almost a moist feel to it. Nice to meet you, Ed. Doesn't sound like you're from around here. Where'd you live before you? Well, I'm originally from a small city near the Finger Lakes in upstate New York. You ever been? Oh, I've never been there. I hear great things about it, though. Yeah, it's gorgeous up there. But I thought I would get a change of pace, so I moved here to lovely Queens. Lovely Queens, you say? You should have seen it 20 years ago. It's changed so much over the past few years. Gentrification is real. The two continued chit-chatting for some time, but after a little while, the two parted ways and Jerry returned home to tell his wife what had happened. The Finger Lakes. There's literally nothing in the Finger Lakes. Yeah, that's what he said. Something was off about him. He was weird, though. All of his answers were really vague and he didn't really tell me much. Oh, pfft. Don't worry. I'll get to know more about him with my snooping abilities. Over the next few days, the wife decided to do some snooping around on this new tenant. She would glance at his garbage or peek through the crack in his window, but couldn't really find anything. After a couple of days, the wife was on her way home when she saw a beautiful woman leaving this man's apartment. She quickly rushed inside her home to tell Jerry what she had just seen. Oh, my lord. This, this woman, this, this woman came out of 1B. Out of 1B? Well, what did she look like? She was gorgeous. I mean, like... She was supermodel hot, like 6'2". She couldn't have weighed more than, maybe what, like a buck 25? Jerry's jaw dropped to the floor, and he ran over to the window to see if he could catch a glimpse of this model-esque woman 
but she had already left the area. He then returned over to the living room with his wife and made a declaration for what he wanted to do. I'm going to go have some drinks with Ed and try and get to know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's a great idea. Go over and talk to him and set up drinks and dinner tomorrow night. It's not like we're doing anything. Oh my god, that's so perfect. That is a good idea. I'll go over there and we'll make a date out of it. Jerry then stepped over to the man's door to make this reservation. The man opened the door. Oh, hey, Jerry. How you doing? What can I do for you? Well, Ed, I'm intrigued by you and was wondering if we can get some drinks tomorrow night. Are you coming on to me? No, 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 Ed. I just want to get to know my new tenant like I do with all my tenants. Tomorrow night? How about tonight? I'm bored and got some beers. My friend from Kentucky just brought back some of this really good bourbon. You want to have a few drinks? Oh, tonight? Uh, let me check with my wife, but that shouldn't be a problem. Jerry then popped his head back into his apartment. Hey, sweetie, getting drunk tonight instead of tomorrow with Dad, that okay? Yeah, whatever. Just don't get too drunk, okay? Jerry then swiveled around and walked right into Ed's apartment. As he took his first step into this man's apartment, he was amazed at how nice it really was. He could only feel like he was walking through a picture in GQ. The walls were lined with tapestries and there was even a Klimt painting on one of the walls. The coffee table was a beautiful sandalwood table cut from the trunk and was nearly four feet in diameter. Next to the couch there was an Asian style vase with four peacock feathers that seemed out of place but at the same time it kind of tied the room together. Just to the left side of the stereo there was another vase but this one was made from crystal and had three plants with unopened flower buds. He wasn't really quite sure what type of plants these were but boy did they look fancy. Jerry decided to take a seat on the beautiful leather couch while taking extra caution not to scratch it. Beer? Jerry nodded. Ed stepped over into the kitchen to grab a few beers and popped them open for the two of them. Jerry couldn't believe where he was. It was as if he had walked into Narnia and he had never seen this apartment be this classy. Ed handed him the beer and they cheers before taking a huge gulp. After swallowing his beer, he looked over to his left to see a third vase made out of wood with long sticks and ornamental butterflies on the top of them. Jerry was out of his element, and he was not sure what he had gotten himself into. You hungry? I ordered takeout from this place nearby, and I always order too much, yeah? Of course. That sounds delicious. Ed stood up and walked over to the kitchen to grab the takeout box along with a couple plates and utensils for the two of them. As he laid the food on the table, the two of them began drinking beers while eating some of the greatest food he's ever had while living in New York for over 40 years. Hey, where'd you get this? Yeah, I got a friend who does a pop-up. Pretty good, right? It's fucking amazing. Well, if you think that's good, you should try this bourbon my buddy brought back from Kentucky, yeah? Well, I'm not going to say no now, am I? Ed headed into the kitchen and grabbed the bottle along with two glasses and set them all down on the coffee table. He then proceeded to turn the stereo on with his phone. He poured two decently sized drinks for them and held up the glasses. Cheers to new neighbors. Cheers. They both slammed down the bourbon and Jerry said to Ed, Oh boy, fuck. Why are we slamming good bourbon? Shouldn't we be sipping it? <laughs> well, we gotta get this party started first. It'll just loosen up our conversation. 
Jerry was on an empty stomach, so the shots and beer hit him almost immediately. He noticed over to his left that those ornamental butterflies on the sticks were now dancing to the music and they were flapping their wings to the beat. Whoa, man, what's up with this bourbon you gave me? Did you fucking drug me? Oh, of course not. Those just dance to the beat. I got those for my father as a birthday gift. They just like to dance to good music. And I'll never dose my wonderful landlord. You really are a mystery to me, man. I don't know what I expected when I came over, but it sure as hell wasn't anything like this. I get that a lot. I usually keep to myself, but when I'm in good company, I like to celebrate. How about a little bit of a game? A game? We're not frat boys. We can just drink casually while we chat. Oh, come on there, Jerry. It's actually pretty fun. My dad taught me this a long time ago, and it's pretty simple, but it might get us a little drunk. Alright then, let's give it a shot. How do we play? I will say, ready, set, go. And on go, we either put one, two, or no fingers out. If the total number of fingers is even, you drink. If it's odd, I drink. Got it? That sounds dumb, but I like it. Let's roll, jabroni. Ready, set, go. The two of them simultaneously opened their hands, and Jerry put out three fingers, while Ed only put out one. Jerry, either zero, one, or two fingers, not three. Oh, my bad. The two of them then played again. All right, zero, one, or two, not three. Ready, set, go. Jerry put out one finger, while Ed didn't put out any fingers. Shit, one finger in total. That's odd. I drink. Aha, I get this game. It's simple. Ed poured himself a drink and slammed it back. You want to go again? Hell yeah, I do. I'm on a roll, buddy. The two of them continued to play this new game for quite some time, until the bottle ran empty and Ed decided to stand up to go grab another one. Jerry was tanked, but he didn't want this young whippersnapper to show him up, so he complied and kept going with this game. He looked back over to his left, and now all of those ornamental butterflies were dancing to the beat of a brand new song. Ed came back over to the couch and put the newly opened bottle of some other liquor on the table when Jerry asked him. Hey, where the hell did you get these butterflies? That's so cool that they can dance to any song. Uh, I'm not sure at all. My dad got them for me one birthday, and they always catch people's attention. Man, if you talk to your dad, ask him if you can get me a few of these. They're fucking sweet. Jerry drunkenly replied. All right, you ready to roll, Tonto? Let's roll. The two drunk men continued to play and got oh so drunk throughout the night. After hours and hours of playing this silly, silly game, Jerry drunkenly decided that he had overstayed his welcome and needed to head home. When he left, he struggled to get to his home that was not even 10 feet away. He was drunk. The next morning when Jerry's wife woke up, she couldn't find Jerry as he didn't come home the night before. So she thought she would go across the hall and search for where he might be. She opened the door and there he was, lying on the floor at the foot of their door in the fetal position. Jerry. Jerry. Jerry, get up. Jerry. Fucking fuck out of here, fucking... Get up, Jerry! Ah, I'm up. Oh, man. What happened last night? Why am I out here on the floor? I was just about to ask you the same damn question. 
All I know is that we started playing this silly game and then the booze just kept coming. And the butterflies. Oh, the butterflies were so cool. But butterflies? What are you... What the hell are you talking about? Oh my god, let's get you showered. Oh my god, you smell like a brewery. Oh, let's go. You could just sleep this off. Jerry then stumbled into his own apartment where his wife shoved him into the shower to try and get him to sober up. Thirty minutes later, Jerry stumbled out of the bathroom with a headache that felt like a semi-truck had smashed into him the night before. So, are you gonna tell me what happened last night? Hey, a little quieter, please. I don't really remember. We talked, played this silly game, and the next thing I know, you were kicking me at the door. Oh. Well, at the very least, I hope you and Ed had a good time. I sure as hell hope we did too, but I'm going to sleep this off. I'll see you in a little bit, sweetie. Jerry stumbled over back to the bedroom where he dozed off to try and help cure his hangover. A few days went by and all Jerry could and wanted to talk about was his night with Ed and those super cool butterflies. He talked so much about how much fun he had, his wife even started to get a little jealous. Ed's party was the talk of the neighborhood. But, for some reason, Ed wasn't too keen on having them very often, so he usually just kept to himself like he always did. A month has now gone by since Ed and Jerry's wild night, when one morning there's a note taped to Jerry's door, and Ed's silly doormat was gone. Jerry took the tape note down and opened it up to read it. Jerry, man, what a night we had a while back. Quite some fun we had, no? Sorry to inform you, but I have to move out. Something has come up, and I think it's best for me to leave. I'm including next month's rent, and you can keep the deposit. I hope you and your wife live a happy life and take care of yourselves. Thanks for being a great landlord. Sincerely, Ed. The keys were found at the bottom of the envelope, and Ed was gone. Jerry had no idea what had just happened. He just saw Ed the day before, but things happen in people's lives. He took the keys and unlocked apartment 1B, expecting a mess just like every other tenant who left abruptly. But to his surprise, the apartment was immaculate. There were no holes in any of the walls and there were no scuffs or any marks to be found. The entire apartment was in perfect condition and it was almost in better condition than he had remembered it. As he walked around the apartment, he made his way to the small backyard of this apartment. He noticed that Ed had left something. It was a bird bath. Jerry walked closer to inspect it, and he then noticed that there were now three goldfish swimming in this bird bath. He looked deeper into this bird bath and leaned on the side of it when a chunk of the bird bath cracked off. Oh shit! Wait, what? There is a small section of the birdbath rim missing, but the water isn't pouring out. It is staying in the birdbath as if the missing piece is still there. Jerry thinks he's seeing things and returns back to his own apartment and tells his wife what he had just witnessed. So you're telling me the rim is broken, but water is not spilling out of it. Uh-huh. Are you sure you're okay? Yeah, 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 I'm fine. We gotta just find a new tenant as soon as we can. After all these weird things happening, the two just decided to ignore it and kept going on. 
Even though they both discussed it for hours, the two decided to leave the birdbath in the backyard and to start setting up appointments to have a new tenant move in as soon as possible. Over the next few months, potential tenants would come by to check out the apartment, and during this, Jerry would always go and check on the birdbath out in the backyard. With every new potential tenant checking out the apartment, Jerry would always go and check on the birdbath. And every time he checked on it, the piece of the rim was still missing, and the water was still crystal clear with three goldfish swimming around like nothing was out of the ordinary. Even with birds using it and the New York smog taking full effect, the water was still always clear. Each of these tenants would always have some sort of excuse to why they couldn't rent it from them, and this was starting to think that the room was cursed, but Jerry didn't really believe that kind of stuff. Winter had come, and now the temperature was well below zero, as this was one of the coldest winters in New York City in over 30 years. But the water still never froze. The goldfish kept swimming, the piece of the rim was still missing, and the water was still crystal clear. Now it is mid-February and Jerry still had more potential clients come by to check out the apartment and he decided he was going to do this birdbath check while they looked around the apartment. He walked back to the backyard and noticed that the birdbath was now frozen. Sweetie, it's frozen. The birdbath is frozen. The wife rushed out of their apartment and pushed aside the potential tenants to see Jerry standing over the birdbath and touching the frozen water with his fingers. No way. There's no way it's frozen. Yeah, look at it. The fish are frozen and not swimming. The two potential renters were weirded out that these two landlords obsessing over a frozen birdbath, so they slowly walked out of the front door unnoticed. Jerry and his wife stood there inspecting the now-frozen birdbath, but they both had no idea why it all of a sudden froze on this day. Both were puzzled by this weird situation and they decided that they'll check it again tomorrow as the sun was starting to set. Over the next week, Jerry inspected the birdbath and it was always frozen. After a few more days, the weather was going above freezing for the first time in weeks and so he wanted to see if the birdbath was changing at all. Jerry headed over and as he stared at the ice cube, he touched it with his finger to check its solidity. Just as he touched it, the ice immediately melted and began pouring out of the missing piece of the rim. The water was rushing out and all three goldfish turned to dust and evaporated into thin air. And with the water in the bowl running empty, the birdbath began turning into dust also, just like the goldfish. It soon evaporated into thin air as well. Where's it going? Wait! Sweetie, get out of here. It's a damn birdbath again. The wife rushed out to the backyard, and all she saw was Jerry standing over the area where the birdbath used to be. Uh, where's the birdbath? I don't know. It just vanished in the thin air. Okay, we're going to go inside. I'll make us some cups of tea, and we're going to watch some TV to help calm... Our nerves. That, that sounds nice. The couple walked back into their apartment where he had his warm cup of tea and watched an episode of Golden Girls to calm his nerves. Every day for the next few months, Jerry would go to the backyard and check to see if the birdbath was back, but it was never there. After a while, he just stopped checking. Soon, the apartment got new tenants and the birdbath slowly left Jerry's mind. 
Boy, it had been a wild ride for him, but he slowly forgot about it. On a summer day after the winter with the birdbath, Jerry heard a knocking on his door and he got up to answer the door to see who it was. He opened the door to see a man with long black hair wearing a Canadian tuxedo and a flannel standing in front of him. Hello there, sir. My name is Gary Farmer and I'm one of the tribal leaders of the Cayuga Native American tribe up near the Finger Lakes. Cayuga tribe? Finger Lakes? Is there something I can help you with? Yes, actually, there might be. I've been looking for a young man who used to live near here. Well, a lot of people have lived here. Can you be a little bit more specific? Okay, then. Yes, he's in his mid-twenties. Tall, very eloquent and well-spoken. You might have had some weird, almost unexplainable things happen recently. Have you seen anyone like this nearby? That sounds like Ed. Ed, you say? Well, yeah. We had a tenant live here a while back who pretty much fit that description to a T. Super nice and friendly, but he just got up and left one day. All he left was this damn bird bath in the backyard that had some weird stuff happen to it. A bird bath? Were there three golden fish in this bird bath and it never froze no matter how cold it got? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. How'd you know about that? Well, you, sir, met the prince of one of our Cayuga Lake gods. This is the man we are looking for. What happened to this bird bath? It just unfroze one day and then turned to dust and blew away in the wind. Can you explain this to me and what the hell is going on? Shit. Well, sir, I'm sorry that I've bothered your time. We're looking for him, and if he's not here anymore, I've got to get going to try to find him. The man slowly walked away and continued on his journey. Wait, stop. What the hell's going on with all this stuff? Just as he finished his sentence, a butterfly that looked exactly like one of the dancing ones from that memorable night landed on the railing of his stoop and looked Jerry straight in the eyes. What an interesting story that was. The whole birdbath being the only thing he left behind while at the same time he was able to be so secretive about everything in his life? That's always crazy how they're able to do that. You'll start to notice that many of these stories have people be overtly secretive about their lives. Which by the time you hear the end of the story, you can always know why, and it's usually for a good reason. I also had a great time writing this story because the character of Jerry just reminded me of a good friend of mine who also lived in New York and would deal with these same situations in a similar manner. It's funny how people who you know can influence these kinds of things. And the Native American tribe leader who came looking for Ed was also fun to research some of the Native American tribes of that area and their beliefs. Pretty interesting stuff and definitely worth a read if you're into folklore. I know you have questions about this story just like everyone else, so be sure to head over to the Plum Forest Podcast subreddit to ask any questions you may have. Today's guests were a huge help to me and did an overall amazing job with the roles. Thanks, guys. Stash Anthony did a great job with the voice of the landlord and really gave this story some pizzazz. And Mike L. helped me out with the voices of Ed. Dominic Scolpini did an amazing job of the Cayuga tribe leader and Murphy K. killed it with the role of the wife. Murphy also has a really cool podcast where they take stories that other people create and then retell them with added effects. 
It's called Fringe Fiction Podcast and is really cool to see people working together to make something really interesting. Sound kind of familiar, right? Either way, go check it out after you finish all of the Plum Forest podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Plum Forest Pod for updates and release info. And our website still has cool information to add to your curiosity at PlumForestPodcast.com. Next Monday, we have another all-new episode that will blow your socks off. So everyone, stay safe and take care. You just listened to a Where's Kellen production. Nailed it.